You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Welcome to the Antisocial Show. to another episode of the Anti-Social Show. He's Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Welcome back. So, Mr. Tyson, what's going on tonight, sir? Not much. Just hanging out, talking to you. Very good, very good. How was your day? Oh, you know, it was um, it was, uh, it was was pretty good. It was pretty productive. I uh, edited a full show today. Sent nice. it off. Sent it off to you to listen to. Let's check that out. Uh, yes, I did get it. And I will take a listen to it. Cool. Very good. What I wanted to bring to your attention, if you haven't checked it out, we uh, we did do one episode, um, episode forty-two, also white noise. But the one that you want to listen, well, you want to listen to that one too. But the one, if you haven't listened to the one before it, uh, episode uh, forty-one point five, backdoor pilot with Josh Barnes. So, uh, and this is the uh, the intro. Uh, welcome to this slightly different episode of the Anti-Social Show. Joining me for a chat is uh, humble, uh, humble, right? Yeah, Based. Yeah comedian and rapper Joshua Barnes. We talk music, comedy, and his upcoming special, uh, Petty, since 83. Uh, you can contact Josh at uh, Mental... What is it? Mental, mental Health... Mental the Beast. Mental the Beast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it. It was a pretty good, epi- uh, pretty good uh, episode. Uh, it was nice to have you, know, you uh, have a guest on to uh, interview no thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was uh, trying to get more people uh, involved and aware of the show. I'm just kind of snatching interviews wherever I can. So appreciate. I appreciate that you uh, enjoy that. It's uh, he, we can add him to the uh, the many uh, the many guests that we've had on the uh, show itself. Although I do I do count Fiona, who came on our very first Halloween episode, who, what I call the lost episode. But I even consider her as a guest because technically she was. Sure. It's just that that particular episode got lost uh, in the recording. So I mean, it's uh, you know one of the behind the scenes uh, 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 Fritz. Fritz, that's my character. Never mind. It's one of the behind-the-scenes uh, little glitches uh, that happen from time to time. I'm going to blame um, gremlins, to be honest with you, because you know, like back in the day, like in the 1940s, pilots would often blame gremlins for their mechanical uh, malfunctions on planes. Yes. So I'm contributing. I'm contributing it to the uh, soundcast gremlins. Okay, and the uh, the soundcast gremlins. <laughs> what what is that? As the screen, as the screen's being covered over by greenness. Sorry, continue, please. Sorry, I'll, I'll... <laughs> it looks like the swamp thing. Um, 
which, by the way, was a very good movie. Um, I had the action figures back in the eighties. Yeah, it was okay. Um, I like that. What was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm contributing it to the Soundcast Gremlins. Uh, they came that night because it was Halloween, and they decided to to f- us, and that's going to be bleep, bleeped out later, so I can say the word f- uh, number two bleep. Um, sorry about that, Tyson. Um, okay. <laughs> as he's like, like palming his face, like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Oh, that's number three. Um, I'm not, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not messing with him. Um, Uh, sh- uh, here we go. He's back. He's back. back. The gremlins momentarily took over the screen and made you frozen. So, <laughs> so you were saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was saying how the, uh, the the gremlins came. I, I was telling the audience, the listeners, that I wasn't I wasn't messing with you by all the profanity that just poured out of my mouth. I was trying to make a point that the uh, the gremlins um, came on Halloween night and screwed our our episode by. Uh, having the MP3 recorder, which always launches in the background, not launch that particular one time. Mm. Think about it. Like that one time, all the other times that it, that it launched, or whatever, that one particular time, it did not launch at all. And this was, uh, this was before I was running Audacity on my end, so uh, all yes. the, everything was completely lost. Yep. Uh, back in those days, uh, everybody... Um, Everything was solely being recorded on my end. Now what we do is we have this thing where uh, it's also it's being recorded on my end. It's also being recorded on Tyson's end. And of course, to make sure that everything uh, records properly and everything like that, halfway through uh, a particular episode, we will break for about five minutes or so, uh, kind of like catch our breath, refresh ourselves, and then also make sure that the recording did in fact take because. That's the whole idea. We want to have a complete episode and not just sit here thinking that we're going to have a recording and then go back and there's no recording because what if we talked about something monumentally epic and then we just lost the whole damn thing? So Right. Yeah. Losing things sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's see if we can... Uh, so I'm, I'm eating something. I have a snack and I'm wondering if Hunter can tell what it is by looking at it through the camera. Here's a little game I like to call... What the f is that, that you're eating? No, it's not really a game. But so I'm going to hold it in front of the camera, and I'm going to start to bring it back. And I did hit earlier, but hmm. So. Now that looks like a particular vegeta- uh, vegetation of some kind, probably seaweed. Am I right? That like a seaweed cracker. That is exactly what it is, but it's not a cracker. It's just a square of seaweed. It's also nice. also called nori, usually because this uh, is what they wrap sushi in. So yeah, this is a whole tray of. It's about five grams of nori. Which is just a bunch of sheets of these, and this is a snack essentially. Uh, now I, I don't know if they have it on your coast, but I mean they got seaweed everywhere. But you know, but I don't know if they started eating it as uh, as a snack over there yet, or if they started it. I don't know. Now this can be found in, in uh, this is called ocean snack. Okay. Mm-hmm. Find it. I'm going to see if our grocery store has that because I'm interesting now to t- uh, to try it. Now, what does the uh, taste like? Well. So if you've never had seaweed before, uh, mm, it, it, which I've never had, it you know this this particular one tastes a lot like the stuff I used to pick out of the tide pools in Trinidad. Like uh, not there's there's like a bunch of varieties of seafood. So like there's kind of ones I don't touch, but all over the beach, like there's like bullwhip kelp. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever seen it before, but it's called bullwhip kelp because it's uh, one end has got a bulb on it where it's like little stuff kind of like. Stuff that looks like roots kind of trailing off of it. And then, so it's bold mm-hmm. and then long, 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 long 
long, long, long line, like sometimes nine feet of tapered, like a tube of seaweed that sort of terminates in not exactly a sharp point, but like sort of a, a tapered end, kind of like a really long hose slash turd looking thing. And that's bullwhip kelp, because if you curled it up, it would look like a bullwhip, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. And there's like little ones that grow on, um, that look like kind of little water-filled grape sacks. And they, okay. if you squeeze them, like seaweed kind of squirts off and little, little, uh, but not like a lot. It's like pop and it, it bursts. You can squeeze it softly and little, little tiny streams, like three to five, will, will spray out of the end. Um, I don't know what that one's called. But then if you get like close to the rocks, um, there's this kind of, translucent sort of uh, green kind of like this where you can see through it and it's like it looks kind of like like gr- like green plastic like plastic bag material or saran wrap material yeah it does kind of uh, and it's sort of that color but this I don't know if this is that same kind but it tastes like that kind and that mm. kind of tastes like slightly salty uh, like a green vegetable it's not unpleasant unless you just don't like the taste of seaweed but I used to pick it right off the rock you know and snack on it because I like the nice. I like the texture. Like people said it was edible. Like they're like this kind's edible, and I'm like, oh okay. And then I, you know, like when you go on a school trip or something, if they were just pointed out something that was edible and not bad for you, I'd try it. Like up here, we also have redwoods, and by the redwoods, uh, these clover-shaped things grow, and they're called sorrel, the redwood sorrel, and they taste kind of lemony, kind of a lemon flavor. So I've I've had redwood sorrel a few times. It's completely pick it right off the ground edible. You might want to make sure you haven't got a piece that's got a little slug slime on it or, or bird poop, right? but slug slime might not hurt you. Could be the have banana you ever slug. Tried, um, have you ever tried honeysuckles? Hunt the flower? or mm-hmm. uh, No. Is, is it edible flower? Oh, yeah. Well, they grow all over the place in Jersey. I don't know about uh, on your side of the earth, but uh, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure a, they're a little white. They're like a little white flower, right? Mm-hmm. And you pull, you pluck them off the off the, the bush or whatever, and then you take there's a there's a bottom you take and you pull the bottom you, you pull the stem out sort of, and as you pull it out there's a drop of honey in it and that's what you go for you go for the honey. Sounds familiar. I wonder if I've tried something like that before. I remember I'm going to see if I can't find a picture and send it to you. I used to you probably of, have. I used to try a lot of different plants. Like one I didn't yeah. try. Was actual huh? one one you know one plant or one uh, typical garden type thing that I never tried, but is ironically one of the more edible things. Um, dandelion greens. There's I've a, never had that. Is it good? I don't know. Never tried it. Had lots of dandelions mm. growing up, but I didn't find out that they were edible um, until much uh, later. Set. I'd like to try those if they are in fact edible. I would like to try those because basically, you know, I'm willing to try anything like once as far as like eating wise. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, that's um, that's kind of why I tried um, marmite recently. Hunter has just sent me a photo of a uh, honeysuckle. I'm looking at your photo of the honeysuckle you sent me. Yeah, those look familiar. They definitely look familiar. I think I've eaten those before, or I've, 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 it's possible, because, like, I don't know if you've ever seen those, these things that grow in the, in the like, these stalks of grass that grow, and then mm-hmm. there's, like, an offshoot, and then there's another stalk of grass that grows out of the middle of that. And if you pull yes. away the parts that connect, there's a really soft spot where they connect, and it's got kind of a, sometimes a sort of a sweet, grassy flavor, and then it gets all oh, tough okay. after that. But if you go for that really soft spot, that's... I don't know. As far as stuff you can just pick out of the ground and eat, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's something similar. It's not bad. Um, you see, like those little things and those little like stringy things that are in the middle of that white flower. Yeah, the the stamens or the stems or the what are the pistils? Or? Yeah. So it's 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 usually always the middle one that you want. So when you pull that bottom, like from the very bottom of what you pluck, mm-hmm. it's like almost like a string-like thing. So when you pull it out of the flower completely. 
it's usually like that middle one, and it collects the uh, the honey for you to, to to suckle on once you pull it out. Interesting. It's really good. It's like a spring summer thing. Spring summer winter fall. Oops. Yep. Well, speaking of things that people just decide to eat, uh, you had something you wanted to talk about. Yes, thank you for bringing that up because, okay, so going back as far as like 2000, I want to say 2015, we had did the uh, the ACL, ice, is it ACL or whatever that was called? I believe it was the ALS. ALS, yes, the ALS Ice Water Bucket Challenge, um, which I did, by the way. Um, oh. And you can nominate... You can nominate people because you were the ones. You, you were one of the ones I uh, nominated. I also no, uh, nominated uh, James Franco from the Breaks uh, to do it, and uh, where we literally stood outside everybody and just poured buckets of water with ice on our heads. Um, so I think I saw the video of, of James doing that. Yep. So I mean, that's that's a good worthy cause to do. I mean, that's a good challenge to do. But then people started taking it too far, which leads me to what I wanted to talk about. Because now floating around the internet is the Tide Pod challenge. Now, in case you're not familiar with a Tide Pod, a Tide Pod is basically just that. It's it's Tide. It's the the, the washing detergent that's placed in a pod, and all you do is just throw the pod into the washing machine to do your laundry. Yeah. Well. As a challenge, kids are eating this, you know, and basically dying. They're, and basically, yeah, some of them are dying, and I guess some of them aren't dying, but they're really getting sick and going to the hospital. You know, not, this yeah. is not to be confused with what I was doing when I was eating seaweed earlier, which was the tide pool challenge, where you find edible stuff floating in tide pools. Right, because that—that's actually. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually uh, productive. You know, more like you know. I thought we were going to get away from the stupidity in 2017, but in 2018 is when this challenge, you know, started. So, oh, really? So we kicked it to high it's, gear. Yeah, it, 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 dude, I don't know. It, it's like, I what? think strange times has it right, dude, to be honest with you, because it, it's just strange times, dude. I mean, I mean, I don't want to sound like an old man shaking my cane at kids on my lawn, but what the f***, people? Exactly. What the f***? It's like, why are you doing this? Why do you feel... I mean, it looks good, but it's not edible. It looks... Why do you feel the need to stick soap in your mouth and digest... You know, ingest it? Yeah. It's not a challenge. It's stupidity. Well, you know, you know, it could just be... This seems to be like maybe a uh, reaction somehow, like in an epigenetic way. Um, Like? Like morphic resonance where, where like, it's it's from the the age-old punishment of washing the mouth out with soap. Hmm. And maybe the kids. You never know, ever thought about it that way. Maybe the kids are going. Well, I used to get soap in my mouth, or the all used to get threatened with soap in my mouth, so it can't possibly kill me. And boy, does this look yummy because it's colorful. Or like kids, you know, eating crayons because they're colorful, making crayon sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, that's um, true. Or there's markers that smell like candy. You know the. And they would. I don't mm-hmm. know if they'd eat it. I knew they weren't food. I knew crayons weren't food. I mean, I might gnaw on, on my end of my pencil, but I'm not eating it at the end of the day. But then again, and I'm borderline autistic, so I don't know what, you know. Anyway, so. Uh, Wait a second. You're, you, you are not in no way, shape, and or form borderline autistic. I'm borderline something. But, okay, so check this because, out. Because, I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, really? I mean, I'm not, I'm not neurotypical. Uh, something's going on. But we should, probably should talk about something else. So I'm reading something <laughs> on. I'm reading well, something on Wikipedia about the Tide Pod. Yes, yes. I do have a question. Now, speaking of like, um,. When you were a child, right, and you, you obviously, like, I have fond memories of being threatened as a child when I was bad, obviously, because hmm. um, you're talking about soap. Now, did you get the, 
did you get the bar soap or did you get the liquid soap? Because maybe those that can, well, not even because I don't think that these kids would be like getting like liquid soap down their throats. I mean, or, or bar soap. I don't think we're doing that anymore, but I, I remember getting a bar of soap in my mouth once or twice. Yeah, I believe it was bar soap because I think that was the safest way to do it to make sure I didn't try to eat it like um, Ralphie in a Christmas story. There you go. There's a bar in the mouth. Or or Ren and Stimpy, when Stimpy thought the uh, he had space madness, so he thought the, the bar of soap was like an ice cream bar, and he's like sitting there going, um, um, it's my ice cream bar, man. I had it since I was a child. I think I remember that. Yeah, that was a funny episode. So you- what did Mr. Tyson pull up on uh, Google containing the uh, Tide Pods? Well, it's... Okay, so it's in the in the paragraph on Wikipedia having to do with, or in the three, it's in the section of Wikipedia having to do with health risks. And it's, huh. It says, okay, many media outlets reference the visual similarity the pods have to candy as a reasoning behind their consumption. Ooh. U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer commented on the appeal of pods, quote, these pods were supposed to make household chores easier, not tempt our children to swallow harmful chemicals. I saw one on my staffer's desk, and I wanted to eat it, unquote. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it does look, dude, bro, it does look appetizing, but it's not something, I mean, if you think about it, like, there's been, like, a lot of memes going around that's been generated from this, and yeah. one of the memes that I saw on Facebook was, um, you know, like, coolant like radiator, like you know, like the the uh, the uh, antifreeze that you put in your car, like uh, propylene glycol. Yeah, like the green stuff. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that comes that they put in your radiator. Yeah. Well, they're they're saying that the kids are going to eat that next, as Tyson devours the seaweed. No, oh, it's a Tide Pod. Hmm. Boy. Oh, it's a Tide Pod. Yes. Yeah, you know, I understand. These things are delicious. Holy crap. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, I want some of those tie pods. Well, here I'll I'll send you one through the computer. Okay, got it. There it is. It is it is uh, beautiful looking. It looks like candy. It looks like something out of the Willy Wonka, uh, Willy Wonka factory. So I will now eat it. Um, um, you know what? It does taste pretty damn good. I you know, it's you know earlier in the in the thing here, right. Like before the thing I read you, it says the health risks posed by the ingestion of, the, of Tide Pods, particularly by children, have been noted by several media outlets. In March 2013, Consumer Reports reported that, quote, since early 2012, poison control centers nationwide have received reports of nearly 7,700 pod-related exposures to children aged five years and younger, unquote. Tide Pods sent one child to the hospital per day in 2012 and 2013. With the really? C- yeah, with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, tagging them as a health risk in 2012. Um, Consumer Reports huh. noted that, quote, swallowing conventional detergent might result in mild stomach upset, but with highly concentrated detergent pods, the ingestion can cause excessive vomiting, lethargy, and gasping, and in some reported cases, victims stop breathing and require ventilation support. Individuals, Damn. Yeah. Individuals suffering from dementia have been reported to, uh, reported to face health risks related to Tide Pods. Hmm. Consumer reports. <laughs> Consumer reports reported that between the Tide Pods introduction in 2012 through early 2017, eight deaths had been reported due to the ingestion of laundry detergent pods, with six of the eight deaths resulting from a pod 
manufactured by uh, it says PNG. I'm assuming that's Procter and Gamble. Yes, it is. It's Procter and Gamble. PNG. So, due to initial reports of children consuming their laundry detergent pods, Procter and Gamble began distributing Tide pods in opaque tubs and bags. Yeah, because we bu- we buy detergent pods. Uh, we actually get right. Cascade ones, and I, I don't know if we've got because we get them for our, um, like Tide's for la- Tide is for laundry. We have, mm-hmm. we would get some pods, uh, some soap pods that are multicolored uh, for uh, dishwashing detergent from Cascade. So Cascade has these too. They have these funky looking, multi stage, multicolored oh, yeah. soap po- pods. I think we get those too for our dishwasher. Um, Cascade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty neat. Um, okay, so uh, opaque tubs and bag. In, in 2015, Procter Gamble announced it would implement a bitter taste to its Tide pods as a means to deter people from biting into them. A bitter, a bitter taste. Like, in case... Anyway. Mm-hmm. Tide would also include child safety features in its packaging and issue extensive warnings about locking up the pods in households shared with individuals who have Alzheimer's disease. Additional, <laughs> additionally, Tide's website includes a page discussing how to safely handle its products and suggesting consumers drink a glass of water or milk if a product is swallowed and call a poison control center for help. Wow. I'll tell you what, dude. The fact that you actually have to lock up Tide Pods. I mean, I guess if you have, like, small children in your house, that's one thing. But, like, the kids that are doing this are, like, teenagers. So it's, it's pretty fucking sad what's going on. And you're talking about, like, um, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's disease. A lot of things, like, even an edible stuff can cause that. Like, remember when Diet Pepsi had aspartame in it? Sure, yeah. Now if you go to, like, your store, next time you go to the grocery store, look at the Diet Sodas, mm. like the Diet Pepsis. And it'll say now aspartame free. Well, the Pepsi's will, yeah. There's still plenty of uh, aspartame and soda, though. The uh, phenylalanine mm-hmm. and stuff, it's still there. Uh, in um, oh, meanwhile, um, try that Golden Peak Green Tea. Oh, that sounds good. With it's real sugar, just one cold. How many uh, how many sugars does it have in it? Well, let's see. According to this, it has. Uh, well, I know that you're trying to. To are you like when you're diet because you have like that. There you go. Yeah. You're back. Yes. So according to, like, uh, before you froze, I said, are, are you, what your diet, though, because, like, I know, like, you have, like, a special diet that you, you know, that you're on. Um, is is sodium uh, a factor into it, or you try to watch your salt intake? No? I mean, because I don't just, I don't go overboard with salt. Um, I do tend to, to dial back. Like, I don't, if something has a lots and lots of salt in it, I don't eat a bunch of it, but I'm not, like, overly... I'm not counting my sodium intake right now. Although, I could. Gotcha. You know, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm also not overdoing it. There's a lot of things that I eat that don't have, like, high sodium in them. So, but, go ahead. Here's some. Okay. So, this has 130 calories. Okay. Total fat is zero. Mm-hmm. Sodium is, thir- uh, well, so- sodium is 35 milligrams at 1%. Uh, but it has, uh, oh, sugars. Uh, 32 grams of sugar. Per... 32 grams? Uh, this just says, well, no, it doesn't say per serving. It just says 30, uh, 32 grams of sugar. What's the uh, serving size at the top? The serve, Well, this particular serving size is, let's see. It should say at the top of the nutritional information. This is uh, 16.9 uh, ounces. Okay. So, but, all right, so like at the very top. Um, yep, with real sugar and no preservatives. Right, so right between where it says nutrition facts and then that thick black line, it should say serving size, uh, and then it'll say like how many ounces, so like eight point six, and it'll say two servings, or it'll say one serving, and it'll say the it'll say the um, 
however much is on the model. Because sometimes they, they pot pass off something that size that's having two servings, That's yeah, which it, it technically could have two servings. It could have two eight-ounce servings or two eight and change, really. Um, but it should be on the... Well, this is a serving size of one bottle. There you go. Okay. So serving size is one bottle, so that means it's 32 sugars per one bottle. That's not bad. Yep. That means there's only about 16 sugar cubes in that bottle. Yep. Which is not... So you could probably really... I mean, you want to, you don't want to go overboard like drinking like a bunch of these bottles. But. It's, less, it's less than Pepsi. Like, it's less than regular mm-hmm. Pepsi. So that's still something. I mean, so yeah, you wouldn't want to have like three of them in a day. But, but you, you know, well, you probably could. It's hard to say. Like, I've just been able to introduce things with sugar, like an amount of sugar that I wouldn't normally eat, uh, back into my diet. But I don't, I don't have like a bunch of, like I'll have one Doritos or Jaritos, one of those Mexican sodas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a tamarind or a guava. And they're pretty high in, they're, they're, ju- they're just, they're sugar. And so it's like, you know, there's no high fructose or anything. They're made with real sugar. So it's like, I don't know, I think one is probably, let's say 36 to 40 uh, grams of sugar. So it's, you divide, you always divide it in half, and that's the amount of, of sugar cubes that are in it. So it's like, you know, 18 to 20 sugar cubes in one of those bottles. It's a lot of sugar to have at one time, and some people drink three or four of those a day, and that's just, you know... I couldn't do that. It's bad for the... I mean, it's totally, totally... I mean, your body gets used to it, but then you take that sugar away, and it's like, your body starts going, where's the sugar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the thing about, like, sodas, it's like, you should always avoid sodas, because they have, like, a lot of chemicals in sodas, but this right here, this has, um... How does Gold Peak craft its home-brewed uh, taste? It starts with high in uh, high in the mountains at 8,000 feet, uh, where the highest quality tea leaves are picked for peak flavor. In addition, Gold Peak uses pure filtered water and real sugar for it tastes so good, you'll swear it's homemade. Take one sip and you'll feel it too. Actually, I gotta admit, it does feel like it. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty good, so... Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I got that at... Uh, you have good, do you guys have Acme out there? No. Um, yeah, it's, that's where this came from. We certainly don't have it in my neck of the woods, uh, but if we do, it probably it sounds like something that might be in Southern California, somewhere. Like there might be some. Yeah. Uh, Acme. I'm guessing it's a grocery chain, or is it a convenience store, or what is it? Something like that. Uh, grocery store. Grocery store. Okay. Yep. It's mm. a. Uh, they actually sell pretty like. Um, they they sell like quality stuff. Like they don't sell crap. You know what I mean. Kind of like a Trader Joe's or a, a, a home, uh, what is it, Home Home Goods? Oh, uh, Home Depot? No, not Home Depot. What's that other, what's that other one? That other, um, Whole Foods. Oh, Whole Foods. That's what Acme is? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, that's cool. Hey everyone, it's Ethan with Combat Radio. You know, one of the projects we're most proud of around here is the two-disc audiobook we produced with Disney legend Bob Gurr. From his years of working with Walt Disney to designing the T-Rex for Jurassic Park to Godzilla 1998, the work this man has done is legendary. He designed elements of the Matterhorn, Monorail, Haunted Mansion, Autopia, and much, much more. Get the two-disc audio book at CD Baby. Just go to CD Baby and enter Fail Fast. Combat Radio Conversations with Disney legend Bob Gurr, and bang, you're on your way to greatness. Um, do you like cauliflower? Cauliflower, yeah, I like it. You ever had oh, with butter? Oh, with butter, yeah. You ever done oven roasted cauliflower? Uh, I have not. Is it good? It is. So what you do? You take your head of cauliflower and then you you cut off the florets, and so you got it, and you lay it down on a on a baking sheet, like a cookie sheet, with a layer of um, foil, aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you preheat the oven to 
425. Right. 425. Okay. For using to 425, then you, you put uh, you, after you got your florets cut off, you can do this probably properly too. You put them in like a bowl, right? And you dribble some oil, like a, like an olive oil or an avocado oil, which is about the same price, right? So just 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 enough to where it coats the cauliflower, kind of toss it around in, in a bowl, so it like kind of coats it with cauliflower, and then you put like your your seasoning salt of some sort, like your Lowry's or your or your uh, seasonal or your just garlic mm. salt, you know, something like that. Not a lot of it, just enough to give it a nice coating, right? And kind of toss it around, toss it around until it's coated. Put that on the uh, put that on the the um, oven tray, the the sheet with. Um, on a single layer, I keep I keep I'm making hand gestures. My hands are just out of frame, so I put them on the sheet, <laughs> kind of spread it out so it's like you know an even layer, and they're not like a bunch of them on top of each other. Put them in the oven for uh, about say 14 minutes, and then the feet is frozen, and I'm waiting for it to return. Waiting for the day unfreeze. Hello. All right, so. So you put it, put it in the yeah. oven about 14 minutes, and then after 14 minutes is done, you go in with your your uh, your uh, your oven mittens, and you rotate the pan so the front is now the back. You just turn it like a one like a, a 180, I guess. Okay. So if it's a rectangle, like that, you do it so it's like mm-hmm. the exact opposite way, and then you close the oven. You do this kind of kind of quickly, not you know too too bad. But oh, when you open the oven, stand back because there's going to be a bunch of heat that comes out and hit you in the face. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you have one of those ones, I've actually push. had that happen to me once. Happens to me all the time. I've just started learning to like go, okay, open it and move back and then get it. Anyway, so you do that back. about 14 minutes and then so you rotate it and then you give it about another 14 minutes. Uh, and then by that by that time, it should start to kind of sizzle a little bit. Like the oil will kind of like, you know, but it's not enough to like really bring the oil to a smoke point or make it burn or anything. It's not enough time for it to really do that. But then take that out of the oven, set it on the counter with some nice you know, pads, let it kind of cool for a bit use your you know sort of pick the pieces off with a spatula or something or like nice. a tongs try that. it's really good it's a nice way to have broccoli um, nice now, bro- this oh, is sorry 14, cauliflower cauliflower this is 14 minutes not seconds right or Min- 14 seconds oh no 14 minutes yeah, you want it to be like oh, 14 minutes okay. about 14 on each side about that you know you can also do if you do that with wedges of uh, potatoes like okay. with the same presentation you can make oven fries but you want to make sure it's in there for like a half hour so, like, 15 minutes, rotate 15 more minutes at about the same temperature at 425. That seems to be the magic num- number. So 425. I'm going to actually write that down because that's something that I want to try because it sounds good. So preheating is, you should have, you should, if you do preheat, should be about 10 to 15 minutes of preheating. That'll, so the oven should be nice and ready to go when you're, by the time you open it up and put the stuff inside. Because that gives you time to prep the, uh, the, uh, the food, like either the potato wedges or the um, cauliflower. Also, you can experiment with other... With other vegetables, they're similar in size, like baby carrots or broccoli florets, as long as they're fresh and not frozen. They need to be fresh, all fresh ingredients to start with. And it's great because you All can, fresh ingredients. Yeah, nothing like, nothing like frozen and thawed, and, you know, it's got to start as a, as a fresh um, piece of produce, and then, and then go from that to cooked. And it's, it's, it's that, that nice layer of oil makes it not necessarily crispy, although the, the pa- potatoes can get kind of crispy. They turn out... Really good. We call them oven fries. They turn out really good. We call them oven fries. I stopped again. We call them oven fries. Nice. Oven fries. Oven. There it goes. Yeah. I like potatoes. Yeah, potatoes <laughs> are great. They're good starch. Okay. Uh, oh, yes. So, uh, while it's still stuck in my mind, uh, everybody, uh, as Tyson is enjoying his snack... <laughs> I really wish the audience can see this, the listeners. 
It looks like Tyson had like this big old green tongue sticking out of his mouth, like he's like the creature from the Black Lagoon, the God. Swamp Thing. Um, big rectangular tongue. If you're ever going to Barnes and Nobles, or you know, yeah, Barnes and Nobles works best. It's got to be a Barnes and Nobles. If you go to a Barnes and Nobles, everybody, and you're going with somebody, very important that you go with somebody. This is the ultimate gag. There is an entire pop, uh, Harry Potter section, um, and they sell all kinds of Harry Potter merchandise. Well, one of the things that they sell is the wands that they give you from, uh, you know, like like the wands to have in Harry Potter. Here we go. All right, so you're going with somebody. Here's the gag. You're going to go with somebody, and when you go to the Barnes & Nobles, go to that section, you'll see boxes uh, of wands, like in the movie. Hmm. Okay. So you take the – so for no apparent reason, don't tell anyone you're doing it. Just do it. Take the wand out the box and just be like, Wingardium Libioso, and say it just like that. So. Libioso. Libio saw Ronald Weasley. Yeah, it was great. It's Libio saw. Libio saw. Yeah. So um, so yeah, the Harry Potter things. Are you um, you a fan of the Harry Potter series? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I I'm uh, rewatching the entire series, and I'm actually enjoying it this time around that I did when I when it first came out. Um, is this only your second time through each film? Um, no, I've seen, I've seen, like, the first one many times. Um, I've seen the second one many times. Uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban, this is my second time seeing it. Oh, that's, like, one of my Um, favorite ones. Oh, yeah, mine, too. And then I saw uh, uh, Goblet of Fires next. We just rewatched that. I saw that that. twice. We just just rewatched that, like, a couple nights ago. That one's, that one, that one gets rough. That one was rough, yep. I mean, it's a great movie. I've seen Phoenix once. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and then the rest I've seen just once. But uh, Goblet of Fire was rough. I think I have to admit, like, I think that happens to be one of my favorite out of the series. Um, of course, the first one being my favorite, obviously, if, if I had favorites, of course. But, uh, yeah, I like Goblet of Fire. It was, it was pretty cool. In fact, it's a great book. even the dude uh, from uh, Twilight was in that one. Oh, yeah, um, Robert Pattinson. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory. I did not like, and actually, I, I have to finish it. I didn't finish the whole movie, but I have to finish Order of the Phoenix. Oh, I didn't like it. You should read the book. It's a. I mean, you should read the books if you get a chance, because they're the the. Um, it's it's the comparison of the. I mean, they're the books are. <clears throat> sorry, the movies are pretty good adaptations, albeit condensations of the movies, because like J.K. Rowling was supervising through like the entire process, so like. So, like, when the filmmakers were making stuff, she'd be there, and they'd say, like, well, we need to take, we've got to take some stuff out for time. And she'd be like, well, you can't take this bit out, because this sets up a bit that happens later. So so they'd have to go, okay, well, then. So they made sure not to take out too much. But, like, I will say, in The Goblet of Fire specifically, there's a whole, I don't know, you might have heard this before, but there's this whole subplot line where, um, you know, the house elves, they're, they're introduced as, a char- as characters in the second book, in the second film. Dobby, for example, house elf. Um, yes. And uh, that crazy little elf. That crazy little elf. But, you know, there's, there's like lots of house elves that work in Hogwarts, and you never see them in the films, really. And they're like, they're the ones that, like, you know, when they're in the Great Hall and they're about to have a meal and ta- food just appears on the tables? 
Mm-hmm. It's not just magically appearing out of thin air, literally. I mean, it's not in the sense of like there's like void and then there's food that comes from nowhere. There's food that's prepared in another part of the castle and then magically transported to their tables. And all the food is made by house elves. Okay. And the house elves aren't compensated for any of this. They're, this is just, but this is their job. It's a metaphor for slavery, and it's really interesting. Like, and, and, and there's this whole plot line with Hermione, Hermione attempting to free the house elves through the entire, through the entire book, with, and that thread is completely out of the film. It would have slowed down the film a little bit, but if you read the books, it's really interesting because all the stuff, like, it really sets up kind of the uneasy uh, alliance between magical humanoids and other magical creatures and how it's like it's not all it's not all you know roses and rainbows and, and love between the species there's there's kind of stuff going on and that stuff never never stops in the books I mean there's like there's all sorts of little inner workings that are only touched on in the, in the films and the films are still great don't get me wrong but but the oh, it, yeah, it goes much deeper in the books so I don't know I was, I'm gonna I'm going to have to start reading the books because I was never even aware that there was any house elves in the castle or at Hogwarts. No, they just... Because they don't, say, they don't show you that in the movie. They just, you know, usually Dumbledore gets up and goes, let the feast begin. And then he just like claps his hands and all of a sudden the food just magically appears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, that food comes from somewhere. This is true. I mean, and I that's like... I guess you can't do everything with magic, so... I mean, it's like, you know, going to the supermarket. The food doesn't magically appear there. <laughs> Why not? That'd be great. I mean, it all has to come from somewhere, you know? I mean, it's, you know, it's... it's so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or textiles, or conflict minerals, or there any of these things, you know? Any of these commodities throughout the world that uh, we just sort of, like... They just sort of come to us, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of food... Were we? I think. Yes. Let me send you the link for this. Here's something I got to try recently and showed up on my Instagram stream, which is REVT23 for everybody who's listening. Ah, Mermite. Mermite. For uh, two similar food spreads, the original British version currently produced by Unliver. Unliver. Is that right? That's Unilever. Unilever. Uh, And a modified version produced in New Zealand by Sanitarium Health Food Company and distributed in Australia and the Pacific. Uh, Mermite is made from yeast extra- uh, extract, uh, a byproduct of beer brewing. Other similar products include Australian Vegemite, the Swiss... Uh, can- I, I think What's that word? I think that's Cenovis, but I'm not sure. Cenovis? I think so. And the German vitamin R. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it's vitamin R. I thought it was vitamin as well, but yeah. And did you put this? Do you put this on? Like you know, is this like a like a condiment, like a spread, like jelly or peanut butter? It, it kind of, yeah. You can spread it on bread. I mean, I I can't spread it on bread because I don't eat bread anymore. But I do put it on rice crackers, and it is, it's salty, it's tangy, it smells like bread, which is odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that is odd. But I mean, like not like. Not like fresh baked bread, but like in a particular way that like, so like, but, but not like bread, um, like more like toast actually. Like, you know how like if you make toast in a room and then like, or if somebody does, and then you come into that room later, you can tell that toast has been made in that room? Yes. Yeah, like that kind of, that sort of smell. You can see, uh, there's a picture of it there. It's a thick, like a dark, it's, it looks black, but it's actually a dark brown paste. 
and um, uh, yes, it is, it is, you know, it is very, very rich in, in B vitamins, but it is a kind of high in sodium. So, you know, just eat small amounts of it, really, if you're worried about sodium, um, because the, the nutritional benefit from the vitamin B is pretty, there's a lot of vitamin, oh. vi, vi, sorry, not vitamin, vitamin, vitamins B. There are several B vitamins, so because I, I don't remember, let's see here. Okay, so the nutritional information for regular Marmite per teaspoon. Mm-hmm. There's no fat. There's barely any fiber. Uh, the sodium is actually not that bad. I'm looking at it right now. But salt, there's a little more salt than there is sodium. Huh. Okay, so yeah, vitamin B1, which is thiamine. B2 is riboflavin. Mm-hmm. Um, B3 is niacin. And then there's folic acid, which is really good for brain function and uh, fetal development. And vitamin nice. B12. Now, a lot of all these B vitamins are also great for, uh, what do they call them? What's the word? Immune system. Things like that. Immune system, yes. Yeah. So, now, do you, do you buy this from the store or do you have to order it? Oh, I went to the uh, supermarket. Okay. Wait just a bit here. I think you can get it from Amazon. Nope. I'm here. Okay. Um, you asked if I could get it from if you get it the store if you have to order it. Um, I mean, I, I can get it from the store down the street. Um, uh, but, I mean, we have to kind of a, a boutique community. You can't get it at the Safeway, but you can get it at the uh, Murphy's, which is the local thing. Let me see if it's available on uh, Amazon. Um, also, you might be able to find Marm. Oh, yeah, it's all over Amazon. Well, that about does it. For the Antisocial Show, I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks. 